and boom, we're live again. Already, yeah. This is we're we're we've been deprived of ourselves, and we're depriving other people. Gotta get that content out there, man. We'll, we'll get the backlog going again. Um, so we had two episodes recorded. Yeah, we had a long conversation that uh, we end up splitting into two. Pretty pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you you want to hear it? You got to hear the first part that already went up. That was that was entertaining. <laughs> lots of lots of Brian McKenzie. Oh yeah, well Brian's awesome. Yeah. That's Brian's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, this is episode, I think forty-seven now. We're getting close to the fifty-two one-year anniversary. I heard that's when you start monetizing. Oh really? <laughs> I heard. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to BJJ and Brews. We are on the mats Monday afternoon. Uh, 4.30, getting ready for a gi jiu-jitsu class at 6, and our first foray at 7, from 7 to 8, into our jiu-jitsu with strikes class. Yeah, jits with hits. Jits with hits. Not my not my co- term. Yeah, Chris is very excited about this class. I am. I, I, it's, I like it, just the... I think it's going to drastically change people's approach to jujitsu. I don't know if it'll, it'll open their eyes because at the end of the day, all the other roles were not trying to hit you, but it's going to make them aware of, oh shit, if someone's punching me now, this changes the whole, yeah. the whole scenario. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I'm interested to see the turnout though. I'm interested to see what the ratio it is of I, white belts to colored belts. I think it's a good time. And yeah, we'll just yeah, see. Because people uh, just go right we'll on to that. Yeah, it's just it's also it's just more mat time. Absolutely, too, right? like it's. And if you're a mindful trainee anyway, you're gonna be taking what you learn from that and cross pollinating between all the other different grappling classes you're taking. But I just can tell how giddy you are. It's like close guard is gonna come back, and people are gonna understand close what it's guard like. and close guard, guard, overhook. Yeah, man. Overhook. Like truly controlling posture. Covering that other ankle, or not ankle, that wrist. Mm-hmm. Driving your shin into the, the crook of Getting the elbow. Like good, good collar ties and yeah. not letting Old the posture Old school jujitsu. Yeah, man. This is what, this is what R- Hickson was teaching in the, in the garage. But no, no geese. So that's Ge- the Well, gee pants. Um, but but like, there's no collar to grab, pants. Though, right? I mean, so that's, that's what's cool about it. It's Street like, jujitsu. It's the, yeah, like the, when you think of... Uh, I guess Eddie Bravo's sort of uh, like I think he teaches his class in a gi or excuse me gi pants and like a rash guard. But most of those Tenth Planet guys are just wearing just leggings. pure yeah like spats and stuff. Basically, what you're wearing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the human condom. That's <laughs> you've got that? yourself wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I used to wear um, leggings or spats all the time i have no problem calling them leggings because i think that's what they are but i mean i mean which sounds more like spats sounds like something cowboys wear and, and these are i actually like, don't know i only call them spats because that's just what anyway i've i've worn spats before and now uh i just like grappling in shorts i like i don't mind the skin i'm actually kind of like it yeah it's you know i know there's more skin exposure but people here are hygienic you know it, it, it's I don't think there's. A I thing. used to never wear a rash guard under my gi top. Well, I'm doing that now because I'm getting ready for the competition, and you're not allowed to wear. A oh, rash you guard. can't. IBJJF rules: no rash it's guard. It's just skin. Just skin. Can you wear spats underneath? Uh, underneath your pants. Yeah. No. Really? And you're so not allowed just... to wear a cup. 
Wow. I, you, know, so you can wear a mouthpiece, thankfully. You know, okay, yeah. That, that makes God, sense. God, like, that would be horrendous. So, so, yeah, so I started training without a – because I always train – I always wear a gi with a, with a rash guard, and I've always just liked how that feels. And I also think it's um, out of courtesy to the other people grappling. It's like what, what's going to be less offensive to the people that might be sensitive to that? Yeah. Seeing my bare chest with a little – some hair on it or – you know, um, having just a rash guard there. Have you yeah. noticed additional chest hair grabs? No, I haven't. I really? Think, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I have a little chest hair, but it's not. Uh, it's not these curly. It's not the uh, like the the Chuck Norris. In, yeah, thankfully. In way thankfully, of the dragon. Like <laughs> I have actually thought about. I was like, should I shave it? I was thinking about it because I've never shaved my chest before, and I was like, should I shave it for this? The um, do Go you full Brazilian drill with a mouth guard? Yes. No, I, uh, only if it's hard drilling. So when I go on my hard days now, I'm wearing a, a mouthpiece. Okay. But if I'm just doing like, you know, the reps that we do for the technique, I'm not wearing a That's interesting because like he, just kind of circling back to our conversation the other day about where Brian McKenzie and you and everybody's like, Chris, you're just a wimp. Like, wait a minute. We didn't say Chris is a wimp. You're, yeah, you're, using, oh. the, you're using those words. <laughs> I, no, I, no, I never said that. I just said that you've always, you've always tried to, your emphasis has always been on bringing people into jujitsu and you don't think being aggressive with them and being a mat bully and showing them the power is the way to do that. And when they're confrontations, you're going to look for all avenues to deescalate using as less force as opposed to, all right, motherfucker, I'm going to put it on you. you right. Know? And, and, and there's nothing wrong so, with, you know. But like when it comes to training, like I've always approach training with the mindset of um if i'm going to ever spar or do anything like i need i'm going to be wearing a mouth guard so like when i drill i don't know if you notice i'm always oh, yeah, you, from you the put beginning the mouth of class in, when, when when you put this gi on now when we when we're done with this podcast you're gonna put your gi on and put your mouthpiece mm-hmm. in and you're gonna have conversation with people with your mouth with my mouth guard with your little orange mouthpiece, a little uh, sisu. Yeah, and then, I'm not sure how much that thing actually does, but, yeah, but it I makes mean, you'll do that. Like, you'll yeah. do the warm up in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. because like I just feel like athletically, if I need to perform, if I'm gonna be wearing a mouth guard, I just should be wearing a mouth guard. Sure. So that's which is funny because it's contrary to me like going and performing at a very very high level during training because like or high intensity or high intensity say, yeah, yeah no, i wouldn't say high level the level there it's just intensity so like that's I, I i'm not going to prepare myself for a high level of intensity unless i go to a high level where well, you're going to see me going hard tonight so yeah i guess so. it's it's advanced class right so i think it's an all levels class i don't think so really okay i think it's intermediate advanced because like and there's no fundamentals class it's just i think so okay well maybe the intention is to make sure those fucking beginners get in there and do the damn jitsu listen hits. to that the the black belt here black belt chris is you fucking beginners get into like, that class. maybe that's just it right like they need to have that in mind and it's you know jujitsu not all play so well, i mean paul even said that this is definitely uh you know uh people taking fundamentals and white belts it's essentially you're taking this and at least it gives them an opportunity to uh, pre- have a class where they prepare yeah, for because the self-defense section of the blue belt test right because prior know? to it's it was never so I'm pulling this up, and it's BJJ all levels at six. Oh, it is? Okay. So it's going to be gigantic. And then uh, there's bag and pad, and BJJ with strikes at seven. Today's, so, two so today's six o'clock class is essentially the bench press day of 
jujitsu classes. There you go. It's it's Monday. That means everybody shows up. So hopefully, yeah, it's. I'm excited. I I, I was like kicking myself on the way to work this morning. I was like, God damn, I forgot my MMA gloves. Oh no, I, you don't thought, need MMA. Yeah, gloves. I thought yeah, we were gonna no, be doing no, no. that. So and he was very clear in, in explaining that the class is not an MMA class. Yeah, it's really more tailored to jujitsu practitioners. Uh, so they have the combat, jiu- you know. Perhaps this jiu-jitsu. is what I mean. Like, it's a good. It's a good experimentation, especially for the newer student who joins for the idea of self-defense, right? Like, absolutely, because, you know, like and, we don't, and it checks that box for it. Him. Definitely does, right? Like the fact that we offer it, and the fact, I mean, like it's it's just good to keep in the back of your head anyway. Like we kind of talk about that a lot, like especially a beginner who comes, and you know we we've had that new beginner or the the new student sign up sheet and stuff, and like. What are you signing up? What What are your goals? And it's like fitness, self-discipline, community, blah, blah, blah. Of course, you know, competition and self-defense. It's like we – I like to think that if – not that our older curriculum or our older schedule was, was bad. I mean, I got what I wanted out of it. Um, but that's also somebody with like 20-plus years of martial arts training at this point. Like the – somebody off the street, they may not interpret what we do as self-defense, even though that's what they're looking for. Well, and, and Paul's always been good with, I think, new people of when he gives the, when he gives lessons, even in a class, in our, let's say, a traditional, whether it's an all-levels class, because, again, I agree with you, this is, these are, this is a good time to experiment with the schedule. The BJJ with strikes class is definitely an example of that. The competition class on Wednesday is another example of that. It'll be interesting to see the people's reaction, turnout, that sort yeah. of thing. And Did you do the competition class on Friday? Or what, yeah, yeah, you said I, that I you was did, here yeah. for you. It was know, like very position specific, strategic, and very short time intervals, yeah. up tempo, so not giving you a time to really rest. Right, right. So there's a lot of conditioning. or to rest or stall, right? right? Correct. Like, yeah. So and and it encouraged you to be aggressive because failing for one, the aggression doesn't punish you by being stuck for extended period of time because yeah. the next round is going to come, you know, a few seconds. So just go. So. I think obviously, I don't know what was in the agenda for Paul starting 2020. You know, obviously 2020 has been a wrench in everyone's plans. So when the gym reopened, you know, up until really this point, it's been just slowly adding classes and just seeing people trickle back and who's trickling back and what's the attendance like. And now we're at a point where definitely big. Yeah, now we're at a point where there's a a good number of people returning obviously there's some that are still not but there's also new people too people that have just started post you know pandemic so to speak or at least post lockdown restrictions you know and are we in phase three at this point i have no idea i don't know what it is i guess i have no idea but post lockdowns i'm 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 very thankful that you know the gym's open where you know i'm able to train and it's kept me sane and very thankful that we've had some fairly responsible students who are coming you know like absolutely yeah like that's absolutely awesome. i mean I, I as as weird as it sounds in my head i think it's safer to come in here than to walk into a 7-eleven or a wawa yeah. because i don't know who's walked in there you know right. and just the fact that we have standards about hey you know you got to be a little hygienic here you got to trim your nails you, just the stuff you learn from grappling not not so much jujitsu but just grappling like the etiquette with that i think is going to 
encourage a, a type of maturity around one's hygiene and health so that I think uh, we've got people that are less likely to be uh, problematic. Plus, we know the people very well. Yeah, you yeah. know. But, you know, we're all taking a risk training. We know that. And it, we weigh, we've weighed the risk-reward, and it's too important to us. So, we, you know, we keep training. So uh, that being said, I, I want to see how the, this class is. I want to see the response. It's cool to see these new faces. And I think it'll, you know, if things continue to trend positively, then I think we're just going to continue to add new, you know, probably split Muay Thai at some point. And I uh, think that it I, hasn't been split into fundamentals been. and advanced yet. So, yeah, it's uh, I can tell you that now that it's a fucking sparring class on Saturday. That class has been huge. Really? Yeah. The past it's a fun time to be alive, bro. <laughs> I guess so. It's like people people want to feel alive, right? And there's no better way of feeling alive than getting punched and kicked in the face. So on uh, on Saturday, I asked Brian, I was like, how many street fights have you been in? And he said like around eight or so. And you said you've been in none. So have been you in been none. in any altercation that, like, you know, we all talk about the jujitsu saved my life, right? Danaher worked as a bouncer and that helped him out have you ever been in a situation where you've outside of a gym so in a street situation where you've had to apply your martial arts skills whether it's stand-up or grappling no have you have you had to defuse a situation that was yes. leading that way so so i've pulled people apart a lot of times you've pulled people a lot yeah. so do you think you'd be more apt like to, college days I mean. so do you feel like your comfort level with with grappling, even at that time, gave you more confidence to insert yourself and pull people off, or were you going to do that even if you? I were don't. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's a obviously a hypothetical, so I would never even know. But I would say, I probably would have done that anyway. Like a lot of it was just like, just silly things that are going down at like bars and restaurants and stuff where. So alcohol was almost always. Oh, involved. of course. Like you know, like here it's me and my like nerdly friends playing fucking trivia at the alehouse and then like you know these fucking jack-offs come in and you know they're just being assholes and stuff and start shoving each other and i'll if i'm nearby i'll like pull one guy off the other one you know just it's just it's like it's i'm just i'm gonna play trivia yeah. right like that, that's just it that, that's all it is you know um and but no I'm, i've never been into being at clubs and stuff like that i mean i, I did a little bit but ultimately, I think we've kind of chatted about it before, just from a self-defense standpoint, a huge part of self-protection is awareness mm-hmm. and not being in places in the first place. And I'd, I, I'll always opt for a quiet, like, Moe's pub or Moe's tavern to sit and chill and hang out with my friends than... You know, like, like going to the VIP VIP of guilt or something. Nah, man. I it, it, here's the thing is right. Like, and that's why if if you if you saw me, I have to really turn on like customer service, Chris. Whenever we go out for things like the gym and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, because like when I was you know coaching at Longwood, and you know I was actually organizing most of the get-togethers for the UFCs at the alehouse or not the alehouse the um the Longwood Gators and stuff. Like I have to, it's it's my job at that point. Like I have to go around and and like greet everybody and make sure everybody's okay and stuff, right? Like I was doing like 
that, dude, that, that was, was that, I remember that, that I, we've told the story yeah. of, of, of I went to Buffalo Wild Wings after combat night. There was, there was a scuffle at combat night and you were there at, at, at Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards telling all, and oh, I was, yeah. I was like a w- one month white belt or something. He's like, now guys, that was very exceptional. That doesn't yeah, happen all right, the like, time. Like, don't think that's what we do or anything. Yeah. And, and know, plus this a big was an part event of, that we know. weren't hosting. We were just attending it and stuff like this can sometimes happen. There's alcohol involved. Right. That, that, and that's not indicative of what the gym is. Right. right. Like, this is not a common, <laughs> it, was, you know. <laughs> it was like, you were about to bring out the neuralizer from men in black and be like, pew. <laughs> right. And like a big part of like, cause a lot of times people who would see me at the gym or excuse me, see me outside of the gym, at like a Gators, if after I do my part, like I just go and I sit in the corner by myself and just I just want to watch fights. Like that's literally what I'm there for, right? Like I'm gonna eat and watch fights and have a beer. Oh, I know. I've seen you irritated when there's a, when you get cornered. There was a time you were cornered in a like there was a table, but we got so big oh. that the you got you got slid over to a booth next to our table with noobs. And then you were you weren't even on the edge. You had to slide in to make rain. So now you're against the wall of a booth <laughs> with three guys you don't really know. And don't really know. I don't know at all. Yeah, you don't know at all. <laughs> and there, and one of them is is basically telling the other guys everything he knows about MMA, which is really off because he's just like he's just he's just, yeah, he, he, he was, doesn't train. He was just, that guy. Yeah, he's like, that guy. He, yeah, and you're just sitting there just like starting to see who's the like, dude who's just like he's name dropping for one. I've trained with this guy forever for two and. <laughs> I would be a pro right now <laughs> if I didn't go to school. Like you just all that bullshit, right? God. And then, and the, there, there are people that like actually the guy who was sitting immediately next to me. Hey man, he would have been he would have been NCAA champ if his high school coach didn't have it in for him on the high school wrestling. Right? Match. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like just whatever the nonsense. <laughs> he got held back from actually going to states and showing his value and getting to go to. Yeah, I if, like but. When I turn off like the customer service, Chris, like I just I literally just want to sit in there and watch the fights. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm there for. It's my time away from you know my my family and stuff. So like I want to make like productive use of that time. Um. But if I'm being like not accosted, but I ha- but I have responsibilities to to make people feel welcome and stuff. But like, like Longwood students would come up to me at Gators and they'd be like, "Hey, are you are you okay, man? You're right." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I'm fine. Why?" <laughs> <laughs> like, like I mean, you you're just sitting there by yourself. Like, yeah, I, I I just I just want to watch the fights and eat. <laughs> like, like, I got food in my mouth. That, that's 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 why I'm here. I, I just I just want to watch fights and eat. Like, we can social we we socialize so much at the gym. I just mm-hmm. want to sit there and watch fights and and be with you guys. But um, so that that that's, but I've never really, I I, I don't think I've ever, I'm I'm I try to be agreeable, in in most situations. So I don't think I've ever really been. I, I, let's just say I'm not as bombastic as Brian McKenzie, who who is going to be the dude who's there to troll in person and be able to back it up and 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 all that. So, but he does it in a good nature. No, no, no. He's, yeah, he's yeah. not I mean, a malicious. Like, you know, no, he's not like yeah. He's no. not out there. He's not a bully. No, by any means, absolutely you know? not. Absolutely not. So that actually that that gets me thinking about something interesting, which is with the which is gym culture. Yeah. I feel like we have a great gym culture here, my opinion. Sure. And you've actually had the luxury of being in multiple gyms. Yeah. And I'm wondering what are some of the things that a gym owner does, not even a gym owner, so let's not put on them, but what do you think 
or the, some of the, the program director or, or i don't i don't want to put it on one person i just w- the gym entity whether it's one person or multiple people what are the things that you think make a gym succeed from a culture point of view versus ones that don't do you need for example because you said hey i'm in you know when i have to be on when i'm i feel like i'm representing you know att longwood and in some of those social settings is it doing stuff like that is the is it the gym saying hey we're having this event at such and such you know and you actually semi have some structure to it or does it come down to just the character of the individuals at the gym and and how they behave and that influences the people coming in like what do you think goes into that and why is it so important? Because I, I know it's hugely important. It's hugely but I, important I don't, for retention. I can't really put a... Well, I think it is pretty obvious to me. At the end of the day, it's like, not only do I enjoy training jiu-jitsu, but I like doing it with the people here. Right. You know, if I, if I didn't like any of the people here, and this was my only option, I'd probably still train. But if I had another option, I'd definitely look at it. Because there are two things. There's the addiction and the joy I get out of doing jiu-jitsu, but there's also the people I get to do it with and share the experience with is a big component of it. I so think, what do you think? I mean, like, so ultimately it all trickles down, right? And it all, it, 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 it I mean, there, is there like a meta personality of the gym, I guess? Is, you know, because I can say that there are a lot of gyms where it's, business you know like most of the students will come they come they go do their jiu-jitsu they punch the clock they go change and go home right like there's not like that the hangout culture okay afterwards um there's also there there's a lot of gyms like that and obviously like they're not going to have a very strong culture where uh i think we have a very organic community here where if people get together and go do stuff like you don't have to, I do it as a courtesy, like when I'm involved of like a who, what, when, where, why, and how of what we're doing just to give people the facts. Yeah. But sometimes a lot of gyms, I feel, God, like we do things like that here because we just want to get together. I feel as though other gyms do that because they feel they have to check the box. I can see that. You know, like, they either have to check the box. Where they bring or, a cake in, like, the first week of every month or something. Yeah, like, a lot of actual, Member like, gym day. gyms actually do that, right? Mm-hmm. And those never, they they never, they, they seem manufactured, right? Like, they seem like you, you've read this in a sales book or something. Or it feels a little less genuine. Genuine, exactly. So, I mean, like, there, there are those gyms that do that. But then there are the gyms who... And I think we do a really good job of this is making people feel included. Um, we're very, you know, we, we, we don't have a very homogenous group of people here. Maybe personalities are all very, very different, but we, I don't know. Like it's, it's hard to say, like, like I can think of a couple gyms off the top of my head where, and a lot of it too is depending on how you run your business model, these quote community type building events are are geared towards building revenue too and we we certainly do don't do that here you know yeah absolutely yeah like at all so i don't even remember what the, what was the original well I, I so let me ask you this do you think 
do you think making posts on social media from time to time stating like some ethos do you think that actually resonates with people in the long run or do you think that's that has less of an impact like for example it's like yeah it's like that's like at least once a quarter if not once a month paul just will post a random pic now i don't i'm not saying he's doing this with an i think he's doing it because he's doing it i don't think he has a plan behind it i don't think he's an agenda but you know very often there'll be i think he's out of captions honestly like He's like, okay, I'm uploading a picture. What do I write? You know what I mean? And there's this like, I don't care where you come from. We don't care, you know, what you believe in, what your political beliefs are, what your religious beliefs are, where your family's from, all this stuff. We just, you know, we just come from all over and we yeah. train, right? Yeah. This, this inclusiveness. Do you think that has any impact? Do you think people notice that? Do you think that that over time, like... Uh, influences people a little bit and how they view the gym and how they view the culture or do you think it's just the day-to-day interactions that the people have in the gym i i don't i mean like to 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 say that he uh, i'm i'm not putting let, let me, put i can go even mouth, farther you know? like for example if you go into a if you go into a lot of tradition traditional if you go into a quote regular gym a weight gym yeah. right with machines and treadmills and stuff how many times do you see on the wall like mantras no judgments Oh, right. Yeah, and like, stuff like that. Right. You know, everyone, you know, we're a family. Well, you know? I think the new no judgment thing is a very unique, uh, is a very novel thing to gyms right now. Oh, yeah. But they all seem to have it. Crunch has it. Planet Fitness is like the no judgment. The well, judgment I mean, I think they, they're the ones who originated. They, I mean, there, I think right? they have that trademarked. Oh, know? yeah. No judgments. Yeah, probably something like that. But Crunch, is that their thing, too? They have no judgments on the wall. Big. Really? They got a big up there on the wall. So, but that's yeah. just it, right? Because isn't that... A huge part of that is the democratization of fitness. Like, especially over the past 10, 15 years with the rise of CrossFit, right? Like, there is a certain amount of... I mean, look at... look at It's it's the anti-CrossFit, right? CrossFit's fucking... Ter- their, their, their slogan is forging elite fitness, mm-hmm. right? And they, and they charge elite prices on top of that. So... But they also have a very strong community. Extremely strong community. How much of that is people pay a lot, so they it tends to be so there's a there's a a, a paywall right or some there's some barriers to entry correct some huge barriers to entry, and you can use the thing oh it's like that just means you're not committed because you know whatever. well it's different i mean you could go it's different from saying I'm going to go to my local Y and get a membership. Yeah. Even though the Y here in Orlando is very expensive. Is it really? It's very expensive. Well, I mean, the amenity, I mean, I can imagine the overhead. Is I just don't think, yeah, I don't think the membership covers one specific thing. It covers all the amenities. So, Oh yeah. It's like, it's basically like you're paying, it's like insurance, right? Like you're paying for everybody yeah. else's shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, that, that, I've trained at Y's a lot. I, I like the YMCA. I'm not, don't, don't, don't think I'm dissing. <laughs> I'm just making an observation. <laughs> <laughs> but but like the new no, no judgment thing is very new mm-hmm. across because I mean like there used to be also the whole attitude of like you got to be some sort of like ultra dedicated no pain no gain fucking gym rat to be the guy that's going to the gym but now we're going to hey you know everybody can come okay right. so so now in that vein let me ask you a very direct a very specific question do you think jujitsu gyms should 
oh, continue to have the policy of uh, when you get promoted, you go through the belt gauntlet of getting hit by people's belts. I mean, if that's the tradition of it, I don't. All I know is my back was fucking hurting December 7th. Well, but I mean, my point like is, should, should I mean, is, is, is this a relic from an old thing or is it something that can be done in good faith and, and done in a way that's constructive? Because a guy like Preet has, has come out and said firmly. No. No. He's like, if your gym does that, go to another gym. Really? Yeah. He's well, like, I mean, like, because SBG. he's like, this is a sport. Like, who, wait, you do you know, know what SBG need, does? He's like, I don't need, he's like, I, I don't need to be hazed, to, you know, or yeah, beaten exactly. into a yeah, gang. Exactly. But I mean, like, but they, they do theirs differently. Theirs is like, you do an Iron Man role before your promotion, like a true Iron Man. Okay. It's an hour long, no rest role. Now, you've told me that, but at the end of that, when you get the belt, do they do they they don't whip you they don't know i think that is the whipping though right well but it's different i mean one is one can be viewed as hazing the other can be viewed as a ritual or or, yeah or a ceremony i mean they're both rituals sure i mean there's a ritual it's just what (laughs) the the truth is what it what it seems to come down to especially the videos you'll see online is people enjoying winding up and drilling their friend you know once in good fun but do you think the do you think that's doing more harm than good to jujitsu and I think, growing it? I mean, but how many? Okay, so I'd, I'd have to look now. We we don't have the stats, obviously, right? Like, so no, I, we don't have stats. Fuzzy this data, the, but yeah, how many is, students has jujitsu lost because of that tradition alone? We don't know. And is it really that that turned them off, or is there something or else? Was it we something don't know thing. either. Like, was it was there? But regardless, in but a, like we have a cool gym, and we just happen to do that. Like, how many people have? I, I don't know, like, you know. But like, in, I don't in, know. in isolation, do you think that's something we should do? Do you like, let's put it this way. Do you like it or did, did you like the fact that you, ha- you did that with each of your promotions? Or did you not? Like- I mean, like, I, I, I kind of understand what I'm signing up for. I mean, like, don't, if you're, this is maybe, this is me sounding a little judgy, but like, if you don't, if you can't handle fucking getting beat up, then you're in the wrong sport, right? Yeah. But I mean, I mean that has nothing to do with skill. You're literally giving your back to someone to just hit it with a. Yeah, with a I mean, like, and know? if tr- if that's just a part of the tradition, that's all. I mean, like, I just gotta think back to. Um, maybe it's just something that's a part. Of, like, I want to say in American ken- kenpo karate, they do like a ceremonial kick, where the fucking like when you get belted. I have to, I have to reach out to my buddy uh, Phil Chufo, old friend from. Uh, from elementary school, he did American Kenpo for a long time while I did Taekwondo. So we were like, we we're always like, my martial arts better, right? And then he had told me about like when they get belted up, like you get fucking like kicked by your instructor as hard as you can in like the gut, which is essentially getting. Weird. It's not everybody in the gym sure. within your back, but I mean like, well, it's like getting thrown. Yeah, it's getting yeah, right, right. So I have a question: Where are the origins of this? I don't know. Are the origins from Japan or the origins from Brazil? I don't think it's from Japan. What about the judo throw? I don't know. Is that actually. from Japan or is that from Brazil? We don't know. God, we need we need a historian to tell us. A an historian? Or is it a, a, a historian? historian? A historian? Okay. A historian. Um, it to, is a concept. Uh, to give us that. Because I'm kind of curious what the origins are of that. Because, you know, I, I, I see both sides. I, I do see both sides. I think in one respect, 
it serves no purpose. It's simply hazing. Yeah. Let's talk about. Uh, let's let's not worry about the you get belted and, and you're you're you know you get slammed you know or you get yeah. you know not that I mean like that's that, and know, plus like I mean if you need a break fall it's not going to bother you that much anyway like yeah and nine times out of ten the instructor does it very light it's 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 ceremonial yeah exactly it's not he's he launches you you know what I mean I mean some people got launched I said nine out of ten yeah, 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 yeah. I mean like you know yeah. if if somebody knows somebody and they go hard I think they also know like people know like, where they're at Cap, too right Cap like launched Victor but they're both right. wrestlers and it was almost like well I'm going to give you the wrestling version of of this yeah. you know that, that that that's that's almost like two individuals have an agreement kind of thing you know what yeah. I mean but in terms of just the strapping it's a ritual it's the I, I so I see it as two sides one I see the merit of it which is it's a ritual where the group, just like a marriage, recognizes these individuals' accomplishments. I guess, does it require you whipping the well, shit out of Well, that's the second yeah, part yeah, of it. But, like, that's but you know what I mean? Right? But it all depends how it's done. Imagine, you know, if everyone was just kind of, like when, when someone gets knighted, you get, the, you get the sword on the shoulders and then the head. We're doing the same thing with our belts. It's just depending how we do it. If we just go dink and we're just like... That's almost everyone putting their hand. I mean, if, yeah. imagine if everyone put their hand on your back as you went by. That would be weird. Be, almost, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, it's less weird to just be like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> think about alternatives here, you know. But what it seems to have what. And I don't know if it came from the culture of Brazil or Japan prior. I don't think they so, whip each other in Japan. OK, I, I don't know. I don't, but, I don't, but, I don't but think my so. my feeling is what we see is a resemblance between that and hazing and fraternities where you got or, people winding yeah. up and just annihilate, you know, like, ha! I, I mean, you em. see some of these ones, you know? like the guys like riding by on a motorcycle and oh. like crashing into you with a helmet. <laughs> or, like, so I think those are taken a little bit extreme. So I, mean, I, uh, I understand both. And I think the main thing is, you know, it's it's op it should be optional and if it's optional we need to respect that and not be like oh that person that person bitched out no i mean like who is like john uh yoga john Mm -hmm. doesn't do it and he doesn't part he doesn't partake in it and he doesn't get it oh he he never did it no it's just it's a part of like his his belief system he never did it oh i didn't even know that's super awesome man i didn't even know yeah because i mean like i think that's that speaks a lot about his character that He's like, I would, he, that I definitely wouldn't want it done to me. So I'm not going to do it to somebody else. That's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. I think, I I think the risk, here's where I think things can go awry. And it's something that you've talked about on the mats, which is, I would put it this way. I don't think a lower belt should be able to hit a higher belt. You don't think so? I don't think so. At least, at least the white belt. Cause here's what happens. The white belts are sitting there doing for the first time and they're looking and they see the psychos annihilating people and they're like, oh, awesome. And they don't, not knowing anybody, fall into this, in my opinion, the trap of whipping people hard. You know, I don't whip people hard. I, my, the first gauntlet, I think I did. And then I realized like, I'm not going to whip people hard. So I just, I just give them the old tap. Occasionally... With if it's ca- somebody you know, right? If One it's someone boys. I know, like Victor, I will tell him, I'm going to hit you hard, buddy. You know what I mean? But there's an understanding there. There's equity there. We've, we've, we've gone hard with each other. We've done yeah. way worse to each other physically than that. And, and that's almost... Uh, 
but that's earned. Right, right, right. Right? This is the complete opposite. These people don't know anybody from Adam and they're whipping everybody hard because they see some people. They could even see me, but they don't know the equity that's built into that. That's so, where I feel like there's a problem because That's interesting though, because like isn't that a part of So there's all a good chance that I don't agree with you, I don't disagree with you, either way. But I'm just saying, like, isn't that a part of like you had just said it, like was it isn't something like this kind of like a wedding right like some a part of a ceremony where people come together oh absolutely and or a funeral or I mean, a funeral, right like these are, there are and there everybody's are. partaking in the same essentially right so i i may not have rolled with I, I i don't know half the names of the white belts right now but you know mr x and he may never rolled me but you know what both uh, i'm gonna get my chance to whip him today and he's gonna get my chance his chance to whip me so it's just sort of a an opportunity for all of us to come together in a sense, whereas we wouldn't have prior to or for any other reasons, just to show that we are a part of the same community. Are there better ways of doing that? Perhaps actually just cracking a beer instead of whipping each other's backs, maybe. Um, but I mean, like, you know, there are some traditions that maybe I, 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 I don't feel as though it's necessarily too brutal, but I mean, like, I don't think it's driving anybody away from the sport either. Or away from the art. Well, I definitely think we, we kind of, I think, are decent about having our finger on the pulse of who's stepping up. Yeah. You know, and, and, but again, I do think that comes with experience, that comes with uh, relationship equity you've built up with, with each right. person. And I do worry that, you know, two-month-old white belt shows up you know, because oh, yeah, promotions yeah. and, and, and you you're setting strike, up that, like, and, you know, and, and, and I don't think, honestly, I'll, I'll say, I don't think they have the right to hit someone hard yet because, and they probably won't. No, I, I've seen them do it. That's what I, that's, oh, that's my okay. point is, right. is it's not the people that are getting their blue belts. They've been here for at least a year. Right, right, right. It's the people that have a stripe or two that don't have a relation. The people they could hit hard are the people they're training with. But do you think they but should hit, you do you think they should hit Ryan example? Wilkerson really hard? Or do you think they should hit Victor really hard or Mike Sahibi really hard? No. I, I mean I don't think they should. I mean they can't at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. But in terms of as weird as it sounds, respecting the hierarchy yeah. and respecting like, hey man, like but just, because, just like, because you're getting example, a free like, shot doesn't mean you take it. You know what I mean? That Unless means I would have I I been whipped by seven people or something on when I got my black belt then. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. That's right. True. Like then, well, actually, or, or actually it was a lot more than that. It was, it was probably like 10 or 12, but yeah. But my point, like at this last promotions, when Paul was the only black belt, then conceivably you're getting hit by one person. Yeah, exactly. You know right. I mean? Like, so that's, you know, it's sort of, but I do think if there were some way to, I don't know if this is your first promotion, you can watch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, and ma maybe it's just that, you know, if, if you don't have a stripe on your belt, you ain't whipping nobody, you know, like, yeah, or even if you have one or two, you know what I mean? Like, I, that's the thing. Like, I don't think the way that's where I think, I don't think white belts need to, you know what I mean? It's almost like once you've been hit, now you're allowed to hit people. But isn't that, I mean, that's, but so how maybe, do you, maybe I'm splitting hairs, but I, I just want to yeah, talk like on how this do because you, I do you know want people, people to feel included, but you don't want people to feel included, right? Yeah, that's true. That, that's so. a good point, actually. Right, like, I <laughs> mean, like... them feel more included. They say, here you go, take your... I can do it, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but, you know, like... <laughs> Unload Here's the thing is, you, you say... <laughs> hey, actually, I, I whip people pretty hard, so I'm, I'm pretty guilty of that. 
I don't go. I've with him once though. That's that's it. But <laughs> you, you don't start at the end and no. then and then follow the and person follow back. <laughs> no, but like you just say, hey, like I th- I think a big part of it too. Maybe it's also it's the onus of the higher belts and and the coach and whoever's organizing the the gauntlet is to sit there and say, hey, this is all in good fun, that sort of thing, right? And then the people who are in the know and want like you know. Sahibi and Xander are probably going to whip the fuck out of each other while, you know, whatever. Then they sort of know that they're going to do that, but everybody else is sort of like, ah, you know. Yeah. So. I just want to setting touch on the this. proper Because this is, this is definitely a, a subject in the community that, you know, people have strong p- feelings about, you know, because they're going to be people who be like, you have to do this. We're, you know, I can tell you, we didn't do that. Thinking we back, we didn't do that, Gracie Baja. What did you get a. You get a shake, a handshake. I, I, it, it's so sad that probably the, the the biggest step in jujitsu, right, is stepping on that mat or whatever. Oh, the case yeah, is, yeah. Or whatever. The, I don't even know the speeches. I, I don't remember much about it other than like just the shitty standards of testing. Oh um, yeah, you you talked about that. Yeah, in, in various gyms you've been in. No, no, no. Even in my own testing, looking back to my the video that that Stacy took of me when I was testing for my blue belt, like. Just the shitty standard of testing. Well, okay. I wish he would. He would. He would actually test the higher belts, but it seems like he's only going to test blue belts. Right. You know, people going from white to blue. So, but I mean, he. I have seen a copy of a blue belt test, or excuse me, a purple belt test. You know. Yeah. And I even was like, "Hey, Victor," because Victor was like, "I felt good about getting my blue. I feel a little. I feel like I got to earn my purple kind of yeah. thing." I was like, "Well, I've got to test." Let, let's just go through it. You know what I mean? And, and knock it out, you know? So. But that's just it too, right? Because the onus should not be on the student at that point. Because the, the onus is on the instructor. Because you can't, as an instructor, test the student on things you haven't taught them. So if you have this, like, giant-ass curriculum for a blue to purple, like, Victor shouldn't look at that, or whoever shouldn't look at that and be like, I don't know if I can do this shit, right? Like, because then it's Okay, that- so, so on that, because there are tons of YouTube videos on this. Various black belt instructors. What does it mean to be a blue belt, a purple belt, a brown belt, and a black belt? Yeah. What, for you, if you were put in a position of, what am I looking for? What are the, what's the progression? What, do you, what is the progression from white to blue? first and then we'll, we'll keep going up Ooh, that's a for you personally you know because um, I, mean? I know i've heard you know they talk about blue is you've got the fundamentals and you're just starting to learn jujitsu still and then purple is you've got a, a, a good grasp and stuff and yeah. then brown is refinement you know you got to refine you figure out refine, your you figure game. out your you know you yeah. figure out your game purple to brown and then brown is just refining and refining and to get to black and all like i get that but i want to hear chris vu's take on it I like the idea of a a blue belt from white to blue. You need to at least understand at that point jujitsu from like what is jujitsu, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. what what is what are we doing here? What am I? What what is your goal every time you step on the mat? Like like what are you trying to do, and mm-hmm. why are you not doing like? kickboxing instead right like so do you understand what like what the hell is actually going on and if you 
and, and the steps in there, it's all sort of minutia. That's it, it, all dependent on the, the... But if I see somebody, for example, who's a, a white belt, and they're sitting there, and let's remove the idea that they're doing it strategically because they want to get good training in or something, and they are in full mount, and they can't do anything, so they willingly pull the other person into their guard where oh, you have you more options. I fucking hate that. Like, if you're doing that, like, you're not doing jiu-jitsu, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you gain position, you keep that position, you work with that position. I would argue they're doing, they're doing better, though, because they're at least recognizing, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to go to a position that I know. But like, you're, to me, I, the, the worst person would be like, I'm just going to try and, like, throw you off <laughs> and do, you know, buck wildly, you know? Okay. Like, for me... Just and I, this is this is your thing to answer, but I did want to come in and say for me one thing I've noticed because I I can I feel like I can come in at this level I can't come in beyond that because I'm still a blue belt but I feel like people that I feel like in my opinion are ready for blue belts are people that look like they're doing jujitsu exactly and are safe to roll with they might be rough That's fair. but they're safe I'm not you know you can be rough and safe. They're not just thrashing wildly. And they're not throwing their body into you in weird, awkward ways where yeah, you're like, Jesus, yeah, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. So when when someone is, when it feels like, oh, it's jujitsu against jujitsu, now that person's ready for a blue belt. In I my think opinion. if you're grabbing with purpose, if you're doing things with purpose mm-hmm. and you have a basic understanding of positions, mm-hmm. we're good. Move yeah. on. Let's go to blue, okay? So that's, now blue to purple, you're starting to, you're starting to link together. You're you're starting to see. Hey, I wouldn't do that because of this, like mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Like, and you understand like why you shouldn't do things, and you can see, like for example, the relationship between just a real, real simple one, full guard and full mount, right? Mm-hmm. Like, full guard is essentially. Full mount on bottom, right? It just reversed the inverse. So, like you, if you start to recognize that, and the same principles apply to breaking posture, controlling like limbs and like that sort of thing, and and sort of molding yourself around. um, How do I want to get to? Because essentially, like if you if you look at taking an arm bar from full guard versus taking an arm bar from full mount, they're both exactly the same, right? Like you have to position your partner to cut an angle and strategically get your leg over, you know, extend the arm mm-hmm. right, and lock down their, their mechanically. It's the same thing. It's, it's it's mechanically the exact same thing. It's just one, you're on your back, the other yeah. your opponents on your back. And so like seeing those sort of, maybe I'm being too idealistic when you're starting to see, seeing those relationships and how you can translate that to now let's move that forward to half guard and, you know, and, and, and after that, like side control, then all right, like you're, you're purple belt. Um, when do you think uh, do you think you could make a statement like they, there needs to be some uh, like knowledge about a say more advanced guard like De La Hiva, reverse De La Hiva yes, yes it is and like the principles of, of each okay right like and why they work I'm not saying you have to be good at them correct but you just need to un- at least understand them right like I, I do you think that's where people say 
what's being asked of blue belts and purple belts now or color belts. You say color belts now is way more than what was asked of them in the 90s because there are more techniques. Like people are doing so. X-Guard. People didn't do X-Guard in the 90s, but people are doing X-Guard now after they saw Marcelo do it. You know, single leg X, reverse Delhi, Delhi, this kind of stuff. Do you, do you think that's a fair kind of statement to make when people are saying, yes, they're being, there's, there's more to learn now? In oh order to my meet God, those yeah. kind of requirements. Like, and there's more to learn, but also like there's more to learn, but you also recognize the value of like the fundamentals and why they're the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I think is a big thing too. Um, so but like, so moving from purple to Brown. Okay. So th- just, just yeah. to tie up on from blue to purple, from blue to purple, it's, you're starting to see, it's a, you have an, a, an understanding of, the basic principles. I think that's of, conceptual jujitsu at that point. Yeah, I would say of a, of a lot of the guards now. Right, and you're starting to see connections and and positional similarities. I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I guess so. I mean, or and I guess there, we're also just grappling better as a result of that too. Yeah, I mean, know? but and then brown. I so think purple to brown. What happens there? I think you're able to like if I may not be able to do it myself, but I, if I watch somebody else do it, I would be able to correct them. You'd be able to what? Correct them. Correct them, okay. Or or like tell like like this fucking Baron Bolo stuff. I can't do this stuff. You know, like I I don't drill enough. That's probably why I suck at it. But like I, I just not I'm not very good at it. But I can watch people do it and probably correct them fairly well. Okay. Based on like what I, what I can see they're doing, their hand positioning, their body positioning, that sort of thing. I'm just not athletically gifted enough to be able to do it right. Mm-hmm. Like that sort of thing. And I think when you can start doing that, that's sort of like you're a brown belt. So from a, from a knowledge point of view, you're able to understand the principles of things enough that you can make corrections, even if you're not actively doing it. Now, we're not saying like, you're not fucking like you don't have out. to be a master talking about all these subtleties of actions and reactions. Like, for example, Nick Paul talking about his version of half guard. Right. right? You don't need to know necessarily that to that degree, but you can come in and, and make adjustments for people. So that's almost like. You're confident enough in the not like you have the knowledge when you get to purple, but you're confident about it when you get to brown that you can actually teach someone else it. I would think so. Okay. And then black is just I don't, I don't know, man. That's <laughs> that's the fucking never ending question, right? Because as far well, as it I'm is, a, everyone uh, seems to say refinement. That seems to be. I the, mean, like the, the word refinement. I, you know, and you hear across a lot across of all of these, and it sounds at this point I've read it so many times it seems so cliche. But like I've seen Paul write, I've seen Matt Thornton write, I've seen you know, uh, uh, like even Hicks and, and you know when you when you become a black belt, you really start learning jujitsu, mm-hmm. which maybe you just you you you've done you gotten so many fucking Matt hours in and stuff like you you know you have a good understanding. of in your head of like you, you play the percentages, you know what kind of works and you know what kind of doesn't work. And you really start being more of a miner and archeologist in like trying to refine what you find works and, and to, to try to pass on that knowledge. Well, you never mentioned, so in all of this, you never mentioned once this notion of a game, like developing a game because a lot of people introduce that like, Oh, by purple, you're starting to have a game. Things yeah. I like to do, things I like to funnel people to, and then brown is—I've really figured out what I like to do, and then a refinement to black is—I've just honed in on this is what I this these are this is my A game. 
I'm really refining on the entries into that, the setups, how to funnel people into these positions. You never mentioned that once. Why do you think you didn't mention that? I'm not saying you, what I you think did it's was because wrong. I'm not a competitive person. So, I don't so really you think that comes from kind of a competition side of things? I think so. Interesting. Interesting. So you think you, you were kind of approaching things from knowledge? From knowledge and like, and, and like passing down the art and like, what is it at the end of the day? It's, it's a martial art and, mm-hmm. um, I just want to learn more stuff mm-hmm. and like, not necessarily get good at it. I, I, well, I, of course I, you I ideally you, you want to get good yeah, at it, but I mean like, but like, I know that I think that's what keeps me coming back is not the, um, I don't, I can't even, I, I don't remember the last time I tapped somebody out. I just don't, you know, like just the idea of beating people doesn't entice me all that much, mm-hmm. but the idea of coming and Paul, like I'm, I, I'm hoping we continue the Baron Bolo stuff because I know it's something I want to work on. Yeah. Right. Like I invert fairly well, so it should be a part of my game. Um, that sort of thing. And, and like the excitement of learning something new and trying to play with it and stuff is, is more enticing to me than like even rolling live at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, it's different for other people. Like you're, like, why are you motivated to compete in pans? Because all I, of this, I yeah, don't yeah. want. Because I don't want to look back and regret not doing it. This is a golden opportunity to have an experience, a great experience, to see how a unique one, at a that. unique one, and one that doesn't require me flying out to California. You know, it's in our backyard. So that to me is why it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to, at a, at, a, at a very low cost, experience something really new, put myself in a situation I've only put myself in once before when it comes to jujitsu, and that's on a competitive mat, and do it at a level that I've never experienced before. You know, I honestly don't know what, I'm, what to expect. And in a way, it's, it's, uh, it's not frightening. It's very interesting, but it's also very liberating because it just underscores my mentality of, I don't know. I could go out there and be way better than everybody in my division. I could be at the same level. They could be all head and shoulders above me. I don't know. So all I can do is put in the preparation. So I'm at ease with the work I put in. And I know that I'm putting forth the best version of me, you know, or I've done the work. If I put the work in, then when I step on the mats, I just go out there and I play you know, and just let it all hang out. So for me, it was not looking back a year from now and being, you know, I know it's a, you know, almost 200 bucks, you know, between the IBJJF card and registering, but you know, I should have done it, man. Like how many times am I going to get a chance to just why go to PANS, PANS right? Like why not another competition? It's just because this is the Because it's a premier. major, because it's a yeah, major, yeah. you know, and, th- and they're allowing anyone in. You don't need points. You know, traditionally, I think you would need to compete at an open, you know, so I have an I have an opportunity to go into an event that's going to have Keenan Cornelius potentially walking around coaching his guys. Yeah. Andre Galvao walking around coaching his guys. That's cool. I haven't tasted that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, I might have an opportunity a year from now or three years from now. I could always like you know, travel to wherever this tournament is going to be. But it's in it's in my backyard. Yeah. You know, I can sleep in my own bed. So that was it. It's like, it's a golden chance. What, you know, all, all I'm losing is some money. What I'm gaining is an experience. And even if I go out there and I get, I get guillotined in the first 60 seconds, I, I know I did it. And I, you know, 
so that that's i've always been and this is philosophically for me i've always uh been someone that has never wanted to live with regret so if i sense that i'm potentially could be doing that i say well just do it you know um, a great example of that was when I was working in uh, Colombia. I was working at a tennis academy there. And Spain, where I had lived previously for two years, I have a lot of friends there. I have, in a way, roots. Not actual blood roots, but just roots from living there and, and falling in love with the culture and the people there. That I was in Colombia, the World Cup was going on. And I jokingly said, well, if Spain makes it to the final, I'll have to fly over there, you know? And these motherfuckers made it to the final. <laughs> and I said, I need to go. Because Spain's never won a World Cup. If I go over there, if I don't go and they win, I'm going to feel like I want to miss out on this entire country celebrating their first World Cup win. What, like, this has never happened in the history of the world in a way. I could experience that, you know. And I could experience, you know, with my friends over there. And I said, well, even if they lose, I'm going to experience the, the feeling of this whole country getting on the edge of the seats and losing and feeling that. That's still like, it's worth it. So I spent, I dropped two grand on a ticket at the last minute to fly from Bogota, Colombia to Madrid. I told my friend, I was there for four days. And it was, in, to, in terms of like, a four-day period. That's a very. You can't compare those four days. You can't compare those four days to anything. I just told the people. I showed up on like Wednesday. I was like, guys, I know this is. To, I'm giving. I'm. I'm giving you last-minute notice because I'm leaving. But I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Spain for the weekend. <laughs> and they kind of. They. They were Colombian. They understood. It. They like. You know. They. They. They're soccer fans. They got it. You know what I mean. And. Uh, and dude, that was the best money I ever spent. You is know? that when you ran the Bulls? No, 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 that, that was no, no, that, no, this is, I just right. went there, I was there for a day, there was the finals, they won, and, I mean, if you, if you, if you heard, I mean, the stories, like, I'm, I'm, millions of people out in the streets, I'm swimming in fountains with people, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the back of a bicycle riding down what would be the equivalent of Times Square in Madrid, right. and, there are no cars. They're just people. When is this going to happen in America? What do you mean? Why doesn't this happen in America? Whoa, 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 what do you like mean? This, like this universal celebration of everybody. Like, set, like, that's awesome to hear that. Like swimming in fountains. This, yeah. I mean, civil unrest. Like, just this, no, but, this but, civil. But, I mean, but again, it's, it's this joyous, is, This obviously. is something that's never happened in their, in their history. And, what and would it course, take for that to happen in America, do you think? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, you're talking about a country of 300 plus here that's very diverse, and Spain is going to be a less diverse country with, I believe, they're 50 to, I think there's 60 million people there. Okay. You know? So. You know, it's a little different, man, you know, but the thing is, is there was an opportunity and I didn't want to live with regret. And even though it was like a kind of a tough pill to swallow uh, in terms of like, well, shit, you know, this money could be useful, but it was a chunk of money. But if money spent on experiences, I know it's cliche and you see it in Instagram posts, spend money on experiences, you know, it's true. You spend money on experiences that's going to last a lifetime uh you know objects can break oh you know? sure I you mean, know like, so I, I know i know i'm kind of diverging getting incidentally philosophical. yesterday was uh and the eight-year anniversary of when stace and i flew to europe 
Really? Yeah. That's awesome. How'd you, did you celebrate it any special, special way? I mean, we went to bed. There. <laughs> I mean, we, we got a kid now, so we just... So, anyway, I know that that got very kind of, uh, uh, you know, um, melancholy, kind of... Whatever, not melancholy. No, no. Melodramatic. Um, melodramatic. <laughs> um, what, see, I'm, I'm losing words here. The um, nostalgic. Very nostalgic, nostalgic yeah, right? Yeah. But it's 100% the motivation between, like... For you to get I'm doing here. this because this is a chance at a low cost to have a unique experience that I don't know how often I'm going to have. Yeah. Let's do it, you know. And oh, by the way, I kind of said that I always wanted to take it, do a tournament, you know, towards the end of being at a belt just as a way to see how You're I, you know, how I stack yourself. up. Yeah, yeah, as my own little test That's of myself. Awesome. I did a white belt. I was planning to do a new breed here with some of the guys. I wasn't Everybody for a while. Out. I wasn't planning to do anything. I was like, whatever. It's a tournament. It's not a big deal. And you know, after you see a couple new breeds in Nagas, you it's, at least here, you know, the turnout's not great. So what's interesting you about know. this one is, like, I was trying. I was I was already looking at the dates to take those days off so I can mm-hmm. like go with you and whatnot, mm-hmm. right? Like, and then you inform me, nah, COVID, yeah. dude. Yeah, everybody's allowed one person. So yeah. do you think? that something like that actually sort of levels the playing field for most of the athletes because they can't have an entire team of people there. When you think of like the, like the Lloyd Irvin squad, you know, like with these sort of like the intangibles that are involved with competing also, it's, it's, it's a little bit more pure. Maybe, but I do think that, I think people have said that most spectators at a jiu-jitsu tournament, even something bigger like IBJJF Worlds or PANS, are all jiu-jitsu competitors. Okay. So I still think, yeah, I still think a team like Atos will have enough guys competing on one day that they can bring enough people in. And they'll still be there. And they'll still be there because they're not, I mean, how many moms and dads or friends are traveling you know, to That's go true. watch. I'm sure some are. Well, probably for... I'm sure like some the, are, especially the major, you know, yeah, the, the yeah, people yeah. Like that the do it competitive. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But I do think a majority of the crowd and the noise and that atmosphere is again coming from coaches or other competitors. So people that are still going to be there. The only thing is it's going to deprive a guy like me from, you know, going watch, going to watch the black belts on Sunday compete in the absolute finals. You know, because I'm only allowed the day, I'm only allowed in the day I compete. So that's the only way. But like I said, if Atos has five guys competing in blue belt across different things, that's five extra guys that they can bring. That's so true. yeah, maybe not everyone will come in, but they can still fit people in. You know, it would actually have been easier for us if we had five or six people going because now each you person can, gets a plus one, right, and right, now right. we can start doing that. Um, but it's not like one person can bring twenty people in. You yeah. Know? So. It is what it is. Um, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, if, if I went to these things regularly, I'd be able to tell you me like, oh, dude, there are way less people compared to last year or right, right, it right. was the same. Or, you know, that's all secondary, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'll be happy if I can be on the mats for, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes. Cause what is, do you, so it's what, uh, one round, five minutes? Six minute, one six minute round. One six minute round. Yeah, I think purple seven, brown's eight, and then black is ten. Nice. So, 
Have we'll you see. been reading up on the rules just out of curiosity? I mean, yes. like you kind of discussed it the other yes, day. Yes, I, I have to some degree. Um, I probably should review them a little more again, but I have a I have a basic concept of, you know, at the end of the day, I will be looking at the, you know, looking at the score. I'm not going to, you know, I, 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 there's some, I think there's some basic concepts that I think I've gotten in my head good enough. I'm not a rules expert. And I'm also aware around reaping, which is something that I'm sensitive to because I do like playing single leg X. I don't want to shy away from doing that because of reaping, potentially reaping. So right. I do understand the rule about when it counts as a reap and when it doesn't. So for those of you curious, as long as you scoop the leg that you have trapped, you're not in danger of reaping at all because the definition is the ankle has to be between your armpit and your hip. And how can it be between your armpit and your hip if it's over your shoulder? Even if you're scooping it low, it's technically not in your armpit. So that's why people can come up and actually start to reap when they stand up from an SLX position is because they've scooped it. Um. So, and that, that applies to honey hole as well. If you go into honey hole or 411, if you're attacking the secondary leg, you can go over it. You can be in your armpit. No big deal. The risk is the minute you lose that secondary leg, now that primary leg is dangling between your, your armpit yeah, and your yeah, hip, yeah. and now you can get you can get called for it. So you have to, when in doubt, scoop the primary leg, and you'll be fine. And again, in IBJJF, you can't attack heel hooks. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, so it, there's no point. Look to sweep. Hmm. So in that respect, you know, that and then settle. You know, when you get to a position, settle to secure the points. Yeah. You need three seconds, that sort of thing. I mean? also did, the one thing I wasn't aware of is when you take back mount, if you take back and you cross your feet or triangle your feet, nope. you get an advantage. Oh, you do? You don't get points. You don't get points. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to put your hooks in but yeah. not cross your legs right. in order to get points. And I would definitely try to go to a body triangle as quickly as possible thinking that would count the same. So knowing that made me realize, well, if I want to score that's points, an interesting I have one. to keep so, that because I think the body triangle is a superior position. Absolutely, it is. You and that's, that's interesting. So I, I think that's, that's antiquated that on their to. part. I just think people yeah, yeah, yeah you know like, didn't do that as much and then they called it an advantage but i think they sh i think they should update the rules and count a body triangle as, right as hooks that's like the game within the game right like because they because i think I, unless i might be wrong there might be good reason but i don't think getting to a body triangle is any easier than getting to back mount you know what i mean no it's harder uh, to me it would be harder yeah like, so if it's if it's the same or harder than at least give you should the be same amount rewarded of for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah be I'm not, rewarded. Uh, you know, advocating whether you get an an extra point for that. No, I'm not going to. You should at least that. get the same points. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if anything, it, it it you exhibit the same amount of control, if not way more. So oh, I mean, like I just you know, so I, I wonder why that careful, would be. Because when I do back mount, even if I don't do a body triangle, I don't I don't like to put my hooks even. I'm always going to take my bottom hook, the one that I, I'm almost never going to be on my back. I want to pick a side. And on the side I'm on, the leg that's on bottom, that hook is going all across to their hip. So I'm essentially starting to put my leg in a position that it could right. be used as a body triangle. And then my other hand is, is monitoring their hip. Yeah. You know, So I don't cross because I feel like if I just cross, I'm on my side. It's way easier for that person to escape. So it, I, that was something to be aware of. The other interesting one was um, if you go knee on stomach, your secondary leg to score two points yes counts for two you need to you need to hold it for three seconds the the leg that's not being on put belly. on the chest needs to be planted and knee has to be off the ground 
if you just go to Neon Stomach from from if you're on your knee and well, you go well, up yeah, to Neon well, like Stomach, like when you watch a white belt do Neon Belly when they, which by the way, we're we're shifting our our opinion on that because Galval's been teaching it a lot that way, and and in a way you might have better control if you know what you're doing. That gives you an advantage. If you want to score points, you have to put your foot on the ground, and it, your like knee when has. You think of like yes, a, yeah. Like so a, that's something else to be aware of. So, you know, um, I think from competition point of view, it's just if I get into a bad position, don't concede it, fucking yeah, yeah, scramble yeah, yeah. and get back to guard. You know, I, I had a round this this afternoon or at noon with Casey where he was mounting me and he mounted me, but I. Once he was, once his foot came free and I felt him in a mount, right? I went bananas and did not stop moving until I got to deep path. And I asked Paul, how would you score that? I was like, well, I, me, I would have given him an advantage, but he never, he never settled. Yeah. You were always moving and scrambling. And that to me is when you, when you play with points in your mind, that's at least what I'm doing. I'm sure a seasoned competitor would be like, ha, this guy's a noob, but that's what I, that's the yeah. change for me because then compared you, to how you I'm don't ever want to be down right and the moment you concede points like you're you're exactly. having to play catch whereas up. if I'm just rolling I'd be like okay got mount now let's work now let me, yeah, let's yeah. work my escape not let me exert a whole bunch of energy to madly try and get out of this right, you right. know I mean a, a four of all things like yeah, that would exactly. be terrible so hey hold yeah. up those fingers hey now they go <laughs> and yeah they do the pump yeah there exactly <laughs> exactly you know, so it, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's definitely focused me and it's definitely, um, is going to be, a um, it's going to cause me to improve yeah, as a grappler, awesome. you know, so no complaints. Cool. So with that, I'm going to have to shut this down because we've got 18 minutes, 17 minutes before practice. And this is one of my hard days. So I need to make sure I'm limber. Yeah. So I don't pull something. To, Did you out? have anything else you wanted to say? No, I'm, I'm glad that we're all training again. I'm glad that we're recording yeah, on a regular schedule. I'm glad to see her on a Monday. Yeah, we're going to do Jits with Hits. I can't yeah, wait to man, see that. That's super exciting. We'll talk about that next time. So I'm, I'm Yeah, I'm excited about that. So. Yeah. So we're BJJM Brews, and we will catch you down the road. Hey, like, subscribe, share.